I'm going to tell you a quick story. Street performers tell great stories. I remember seeing you sweat. Be they comic or tragic, they're always entertaining. Oh my God, what a good one. This is a Stories from the Pitch short. Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a growing oral history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. Chris the Piss Lynam is without a doubt one of the all-time legends from the world of street theater. His manic energy and skill set as an improviser set him well apart from the rest of the pack and served as his ticket to opportunities around the world. Although this short story isn't specifically related to a street pitch, it does capture a moment in time when Mr. Lynam used his street theater skill set to promote the Rolling Stones. Chris's experience and his ability to circumnavigate social norms in favor of an atmosphere filled with ingenious mischief make this story a classic. I think you'll soon see why we're calling this one Clown Anarchy. Well, tell us about that. How did you get a gig with the Rolling Stones? Uh, that was because there was an Australian traditional clown, old school, you know, you had a proper a proper circus clown, the white face and everything. What, Reg Bolton? No, no, no. Yeah. no he, was, he, was, he was quite old then. And he got booked for the Stones at Earl's Court. They did about 10 days there. And he booked me for that. Ah, that was great, Bill, man. There was the Kipper Kids. They were extraordinary. But I kind of stood out, and they booked me for a private party, just me and one other walkabout clown, to do a private party that Princess Margaret threw in Sotheby's for <laughs> the gig one night. Yeah, I don't know if you know Sotheby's, but there's lots of little rooms, you know, so this party's going on, and I, I was in Whiteface at that particular gig, wandering around, a bit, just improvising with people, you know, and then after about an hour and a half of it, you're going, oh man, I need a cigarette and a glass of wine. But you can't really do that when you've got that clown makeup on, you know. So I found a, a room that was empty, went hid under a table <coughs> with an ashtray and a glass of wine and sat there drinking and smoking. But while I was there, the table got filled out with people. <laughs> so, so I'm under there, the f cigarettes finished, and there's all people. So I started tying all their laces together, tied the women, some had, a, had shawls on, tied that to a, a chair, just did something to everyone so that they didn't know, but quite quickly. And then I did a quick, ooh, you know, moved the table up and made a quick noise, but really sharp. And the whole table went quiet for just a second. Yeah. But it was so quick that they thought, you know, everyone looks at the shit, nah, nah, it's nothing. And then about half a minute later, I just did a big, really moved the table and really made a wah, and they all screamed and jumped up and, and was just great mayhem with all these people falling over and <laughs> women's dresses falling off their bodies while they tried to get out of the way. Guys falling over, it was hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, well, you were working, you were a walkabout clown, right? So you had to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tying their lace together was part of your gig, right? Yeah, yeah. So then I met Freddie Bannister, who was the promoter for the Stones gigs at Nebworth. And he said, oh man, you've got more of an atmosphere about it. And because I think there were only 10 booked, 10 clowns and walkabout kind of people, and most of them pretty boring, that they booked for the Earl's Court gigs. And he said that Nebworth, they want to do it really big. And so that was the tour that they had the big lips, you know, the stage was a huge yeah. mouth. And um, can you get 200 clowns together? I went, sure. So that's it. I got booked to book 200 clowns for the day at Nebworth. And then leading up to that, there was a, <laughs> this is a funny little anecdote as well. He phones me up and he goes, okay, so we've got center court tickets for the semi-final between Smith and Connors. 
and we want you to just go on and advertise the Stones concert at Nedworth. I mean, it sold out anyway. Wow, Centre Court, Wimbledon. Yeah. So <laughs> me and Johnny Plummer, who, uh, a guy I was working with then, got a bit kind of tarted up, but, you know, just extravagant clothes. And we went into front row Centre Court <laughs> ticket <laughs> at Wimbledon in the semi-finals, Smith and Connors. And then um, in between games, when there was a break, they were both sat down. We both said, OK, now let's go. Break. And we ran on. Each of us went to one of them, gave them a couple of red roses each, and then went onto the centre court and started doing acrobatics and backflips and everything, dive rolled over the net, just locking about. So this would have been on TV. They would have put this... Yeah, 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 yeah. it was live. And the commentator, I think he was doing it for ages, oh, what's happening? And there's a couple of um, strangely dressed people. <laughs> oh, they're giving Smith & Connors flowers. I wonder what that's about. Oh, now they're doing acrobatics and, uh, oh, it's most peculiar. Oh, and uh, now they're unfurling a banner. It says... Uh, Stones Nebworth, I wonder what that means, and which was just perfect. It was just played into the whole hands of the whole thing. And then we ran off because that's all we had to do. Stones Nebworth show the whole blooming crowd, you know, it was on the telly, bing bang. And then we just ran off, did a couple of bows running off to the side. And a couple of um, conehead policemen were just walking quietly, you know, because it's all civilized, you know, bloody strawberries and cream. Yes. So we had to walk straight back to them, basically. And they said, come this way, gentlemen, would you? And we went to them <laughs> and they took us to this little room about the size of, about the size of a big, a big bathroom, you know, or a little box room. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like a box room size and it was just full of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and they locked us in there. You know, this is while they decided what they were going to do with us. So me Not that Pop bright, were they then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And we sat there and we didn't do anything for a while, you know, feeling a bit kind of sheepish. And then I just went, oh, bollocks, come on. So we cracked a couple of beers before. We were only in there for about half an hour. And they came and escorted us to the gates and said, don't come back again. Yeah, don't come back again. Don't come back again this year, they said. Fantastic. <laughs> Stories from the Pitch is produced by the Busker Hall of Fame, and it gives me a great pleasure to announce that we have two new inductees to the Hall of Fame made official this first day of April 2014. Congratulations to Chris DePiss Lynam and Nils Paul, the happiest juggler in Scandinavia, on being recognized by your friends and peers from the industry as being worthy of this honor. We have a short story from Nils that will be released on April 15th and are shooting for full bio episodes that will provide a bit more detail about each performer's history and their contributions to the busking world in the weeks ahead. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of listeners like you. If you like what we're creating, please do swing by the Busker Hall of Fame website and throw some love into the virtual hat by clicking on the donate button, or consider picking up one of the few remaining Busker Hall of Fame t-shirts. Your contributions allow us to cover the hard cost of distributing this podcast and the other great content that can be found at buskerhalloffame.com. Music for this episode came from Tim Sars and the Carnival Band from Vancouver. Links to both Tim's work and the Carnival Band are posted in the notes section of this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website. Got a story to tell? Something you think we could improve? News you'd like us to include in one of our mailouts? Or perhaps you're interested in becoming a sponsor of an upcoming episode? If so, drop me a line at cbg at buskerhalloffame.com. On behalf of myself, co-producer Lindsay Lindbergh, Nick Nicholas, who captured this recording, and the rest of the staff of the Busker Hall of Fame, we hope this finds you well. And as you perform for audiences around the world, please remember to use your superpowers for good. I'm David Aiken, the Checkerboard Guy. Thanks for listening.